Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. I am thrilled to have you here. And before we jump into today's episode, I just want to let you know that if you are looking to get on podcast guests, our guest today, so right, every day I receive, you know me, if you've been around here for a while, you know I'm not a bragger, I'm not a boaster. I will humiliate myself 10,000 times over before I will brag. But every day I get 10, 15, 20 podcast submissions. Most of them are which are generic copy paste. And this one caught my eye. And I'm going to read you what the headline, what the subject of this email said. I fell off my bike and conquered my chronic ideas. If you've been around here for a while, which I really hope you have, you've heard about chronic idea disorder. And that is a phrase I coined in 2015. It's an abundant entrepreneurial ideas, something like that. I'm having brain farts this morning, but they're awesome. Brain farts can result in great awesomeness. Our guest today, though, has overcome chronic idea disorder and is now a leadership development trainer, author, speaker, and coach, Rodney C. Burris. Rodney, I'm so happy to have you here. Listeners, we are 21 minutes into our conversation because we were, well, I'm going to say I'll just open the door for you. Okay. We were shooting the shit for 20 minutes and we were having a blast talking. That's right. But Rodney, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for like actually tailoring your submission to me because I can't tell you how boring the other ones get. (laughs) Well, Kim, so I'm going to tell you what happened. I have a mentor and she's an older woman that's been working in media for like 30 years and she gave me an assignment she was like Rodney you need to connect with like-minded people that are doing the work that you're doing from their own lens like from their own you know vantage point you need to find them and you need to build bridges and you need to connect and that was like a challenge for me for the month of I don't know December or something like that and so I didn't know where to start I had no idea what to do. I decided to search podcasts and just see like, who could I have a great conversation with? Because I think that the more authentic and organic, you know, the work that we do, Kim, I feel like it's most effective when people feel like, yeah, like when you have that moment when you're like, yeah. Yeah. That then the then the rest of it kind of it's like the medicine goes down, and so I don't want to ever come across sounding like a Wikipedia page of like here are the four seven steps of the beneficial like that's dry and, and we have tons of that out there and it's just not how I approach things. So I scoured the podcast world and I saw hundreds. And if I can just say maybe like 600, like literally I scanned the titles and the websites of about 600. And what stood out to me about you, Kim, I was just flipping through and I'm looking at your pages and you were talking about having a bunch of kids and anybody that knows me, your family here, Kim, they're going to laugh at me for saying this, but the truth of the matter is everywhere I go, everybody has heard me say, my wife has a lot of kids. (laughs) 
okay, yes, you know, they're mine, but that's not the point. Like, I'm, let's not get sidetracked from the fact that she does. That lady has a lot of kids and they all call me dad. And I'm like, hey, but you know, they're my kids, right? So it is what it is. So, you know, you talking about your kids and the fact that you had five kids and it's just so much about your and we both have twins. We both have twins, right? And it seems to be in reverse order because your oldest child is a high schooler, mm-hmm. but my twins are my oldest and they're high schoolers. But and- you kept on going after twins, which is what I don't understand. Like your woman, your wife is one <laughs> strong woman because after my twins, I mean, we already knew we were done. We went into the doctor's office to get my tubes tied. And that's where we found out, oh, you got to twins. Yeah, yeah. But if I hadn't already made the decision, that pregnancy, <laughs> that, that, done it, huh? that took care of it. So I can't believe, I mean, that's some strength because I was like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I mean, I was already done. They were evicted. I like, <laughs> they were evicted at 38 weeks. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty far for twins. There was 16 pounds of baby in there. Like. They were born right after Christmas. I could have been Santa Claus that Christmas at any mall. Like the the North Pole could have hired me to stand in. Just, you know, give me a wig and, and facial hair. Cause what I, day in December? Well, they were born January 6th. Okay, okay, okay. That is so crazy. Yep. Seven and a half and eight and a half pounds for twins. For twins. You're yeah. crazy, Kim. Oh, I was in tears every day. I'm a strong woman, but I had had enough. Like, you do take, everything them, for take them out. I can't do it anymore. And they're like, no, go home. We don't. <laughs> and then I would be back the next day. I can't do it anymore. You gave birth to preschoolers. I did. I really did. <laughs> I was all set up with like preemie diapers. No, none newborn. of that. No, you skip right to size one with, those, <laughs> with that size. Damn. You gave birth to three-year-olds. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Oh, wow. Kim. Well, that's- they were my smallest. I just need to put that out there. Are you serious? Okay, so I'm going to say this quote. One of my favorite quotes is, how a person does anything is a good indicator of how they do everything. And the reason why I'm bringing that up now is because when you said that you took your twins to full term, basically just about, I was like, Kim, do you do everything to the max? I bet you that if you're cleaning up, you go all out. If you are relaxing, you go all out. I bet you do the things that you do probably 110% just based on the size of your toddlers that you brought into this world. How accurate is that, Kim? Is that okay, it is accurate to the point, And I love that you brought this up. It's accurate to the point that I have to be passionate about what I'm doing. And that's where chronic idea disorder comes in because my ideas aren't always meant for me. Elizabeth Gilbert, I don't remember the name of her book, but she wrote big magic. There it is she wrote a book called big magic and she was talking about how she had gotten the idea for a book and it just kept on sitting there Mm. and she had to let it go eventually because it wasn't meant to be her idea but I don't tend I've struggled with that because I get ideas and then I think they're mine Mm -hmm. and then I need to start on them and then I have 30,000 projects going I'm over this now I'm realizing that some ideas are supposed to be mine and a 99.9 percent of them are meant to be shared so when it's my idea yeah full out I mean I'm a gamer too I talk about productivity all the time I'm a gamer and when I'm playing I'm all in (laughs) I mean 
don't try to distract me. I That's really hate saying do. that. What games do you play? Ark Survival Evolved. I breed and tame and dinosaurs. Oh wow! What is that? What platform is that on? It's on Xbox and PlayStation, but I play it on PC. So I am trying to get into Google Stadia. Do you know much about that at all? I don't. All right. It is Google's coming out with the whole, have you heard anything about it? No. And my husband's a game designer. So now I'm really curious. So Google has entered the foray maybe a year and a half ago. They had like a soft launch and then a bigger launch. But I think one of their biggest launches happened just before the COVID global pandemic. So we didn't really hear too much about it, but their entry is a complete cloud-based system so no console like the xbox or the playstation no hardware to purchase no software to well no physical software to purchase everything is purchased through the cloud streamed in real time etc and the only thing that you buy is the controller which looks comparable to your playstation xbox controllers of today And you can play it on almost any device that supports Google's product, like Chromecast and, you know, those sort of things. But a year-ish ago, or slightly under a year, I checked it out, Kim, and I didn't like the game offerings. It was a bunch of sports games, a bunch of first-person shooter games, and a bunch of, like, gory kind of things. And so all of them were games that have sold a lot of exclusive titles, but in a lot of games that you can play across systems, but nothing that really spoke to me. I'm kind of like an adventure quest kind of guy. Like I want to start here and go through the levels and level up my character and win the game. Oh, so like, oh, and win the game. Okay. I was about to say, yes. so like a world of Warcraft, but I don't know how people win that. I've never played. I love the graphics on it. I've never played it, but I love the fact that you're a gamer. My oldest son's, well, I have three boys. So, Kim, what your children, your five children are what? How was the boy-girl mix up? Okay, there? oldest one is a boy. He's 18. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 15-year-old is a boy, too. Okay. And then my twins at the youngest, who are six, are boy-girl. And then the middle one is a girl. Gotcha. So two girls and three boys like me. Yep. Yep. Awesome. And how old are your, your twins? They're six. And my next one up is seven. So... Like the, my three youngest are 16 months apart. So you have triplets. Crazy. I person. do. Yeah. What can we call them? What are those like Irish triplets? Irish triplets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Never heard that term. I've heard Irish twin, but I've never heard of Irish triplets. That's a good one. Yes. You're crazy. I knew it. I knew it. I had something about you resonated with the crazy in me. I was like, I got to link up with this Kim Sutton because we are the same type of wacko, but. And it's an awesome wacko. Like I used to judge myself off the wacko. I just need to put it off there. Like I didn't feel comfortable talking to people because I know I have my quirks uh-huh. and maybe you've experienced this too, as a speaker, like being on stage and telling my story the way that I want to tell it from my voice and even now that I'm writing my book on chronic idea disorder I was really restrained for the longest time it felt like oh and this is such a bad analogy to use I hope I am not offending anybody Uh, but sorry not sorry like I was in a mental hospital chained to a bed I've been in a mental hospital before as a patient Mm -hmm. so like 13 years ago I was not chained to the bed I was not you know constrained but that's how it felt when I was not speaking my voice and when I started sharing you know really speaking my voice people would come up and they're you're funny 
Yeah. And I didn't realize that was funny. It's I, dry humor. I guess uh-huh. that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely it. But there's just these little snarky comments that come out. Your wife and I need to connect, actually. Listeners, you haven't even heard about this, but I'm building a new brand called Zombie. It was going to be Mombi, but Mombi is already trademarked, but it's Zombie Mommy. And it's all the snarky shit that I want to say as the mom of my five kids and it's blog and there will someday be a podcast, but and all this gear that says the stuff that we really wanted to say. Yes. Have you heard of the book called Go to Sleep? I bleeped it out for you out of kindness of your. No, but I'm going to have to write that down. I'm writing it down. Quote unquote. It's not a children's book. It's a bedtime book. It's a book that you read to your kids and basically it is written in the whole spirit of the you remember the golden goose books or, or yeah. the Tol- you know that whole kind of series yeah and basically it's just like you know good night moon sort of thing like i know you've been playing and the day is done and you just got finished i don't know it rhymes so it's something with eat and now little child i ask you please go the to sleep it is a whole it is so but it's for mom and dad right well i don't know if there are beautiful families out there kim we don't judge that have probably taken that wonderful story and set little jimothy down Uh and and tucked them in and said okay i'm gonna read this to you and then we're gonna talk (laughs) right like so i'm sure that there may have been well that's the problem because my seven-year-old she's uh-huh. in first grade she can read advanced <laughs> words okay right and she plays roblox uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and she just amazes me these really long words that she can spell them herself and my husband can't even i can't think of one right now my husband uh-huh. is a poor speller though uh-huh. so he doesn't know how to spell these words but she would know what that said and she would know if I skipped over it. There was one day, I don't cook, I burn. And my husband was working out of the house at that point and I burnt dinner again. And I said, mother, er. Right, right, right. right. Okay. And I don't typically swear on my kids. Well, this was the last lesson that I couldn't anymore. She was two years old and she started doing laps around the island in the kitchen saying it. Like, okay. All right. I guess that's done. (laughs) Right. No more of that. No more speaking in pig Latin, which I never mastered in front of the baby. Kim, you mentioned the feeling constraints of the bed, so to speak, and it triggered a memory within me. So something that constrained me is, I don't know if this is a chronic idea. You're the author of that whole term, and I would love for you to help me see if where this falls in the whole spectrum. But I had this debilitating sense of complacency. Let me tell you what I mean by that. I grew up not having a lot and I grew up with a very fearful mother. And I grew up with a dad who was like, when he was around, he was not present for the most part. And when he was present, sometimes it was abusive, verbally, emotionally, that sort of thing. But most of the time, he was not in the same state, let alone the same house. My dad and I have a very phenomenal relationship now, and he knows that I share our story as I, you know, travel around and talk and stuff like that. So growing up in those conditions, not having a lot, 
moving a lot. My mom moved me and my sister so much. I mean, from a city rescue mission, we were living in a car for a little bit. We lived in the quote unquote proverbial projects, but it wasn't proverbial. It was actual, the actual factual mm-hmm. low income gated community with the wrought iron fencing, huge tall gates that are they designed to keep the residents safe and danger out or are they designed to keep the residents locked in? Mm-hmm. And I remember being a child kind of thinking about that. And once we moved there and we moved and we moved and we moved, Kim, and I finally, as I was graduating and going to college, I always had really, this is going to sound so you know, snarky of me, but I always had decent grades. And by decent, I mean, pretty, pretty good grades. I did really well on standardized tests. I didn't always have to study. I kind of retained information. And so I was this kid who had the mixture of being the class clown and the straight A's, you know, I, I would not do all of my homework and then crank it all out at the end of the week and turn it in. And, you know, I was always that kind of kid. And so I always was like getting the certificates and getting in trouble, like being sent to the office for good things and for bad things. And that continued for a long time until I got to high school when I kind of leveled off. But I bring all that to say, I didn't realize until I was graduating that my mom was moving us socioeconomic levels. And we always lived at the bottom of whatever level or neighborhood or community that was because she was like, as soon as she had enough to like cross us over into the next ranking or whatever, mm-hmm. she did it, right? It was no like coasting in there with the big bags and a big smile. It was like scratching and clawing. Mm-hmm. So it always felt like we never had enough. And sometimes we literally didn't have food. I bring all that up to say, it wasn't until I got to college and a friend of mine who lived a really hard life and came from an abusive mother, violently abusive mother situation. And he literally was like living on a street homeless. We were homeless living in a car and living in the shelter. He was like living outside homeless for a while, got himself together, finally shook the dust off, enrolled in college, did two years there, and then transferred to my school, which was a pretty decent university. And by the time I was a freshman, he was in his early 30s. I'll always remember him. He's had a profound positive impact on my life. And he and I, Kim, and a bunch of guys were sitting around one day and we decided to start this organization that was going to support guys on campus that came from challenged backgrounds. And we were going to reach out into the city that we were in and kind of bring young men into the fold. We were gonna put our money together and buy this big house and just like support each other and make life easier by having this network, this community. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I was a big talker about it and promoting the idea. And I never thought it could happen because of my chronic sense of complacency. Well, what I didn't realize, Kim, is that although at the time I was a freshman, I still had the impact on my peers that I do now. I recognize my leadership space is something that a person is, right? It's something that you are. It's not leadership aren't things you do. And I've always been that guy, which is why I could be the class clown and still get my stuff. And, you know, all of that, I was able to navigate those spaces and bring the crowd with me. Well, I didn't know that I hampered the entire idea by me checking out. I 
viewed myself as some little startup kid that really didn't matter to the group. You know, it was older upperclassmen around. And a couple of years later, a bunch of guys came back to me and was like, yo, we followed your lead. And I'm like, what? I just got here. Like you guys have been on campus for years. The guy's name is Will. I'm going to refrain his last name just out of respect. But what Will told me, the older gentleman, he said, Rodney, it's amazing to me that you're okay with talking about something good and positive for your own self and never actually making it happen. And when he said that, Kim, a gong went off inside of me because that wasn't true simply about that house or that project, that initiative. That was true about my entire freaking life. And I had no idea that it was rooted in as a child asking my mom for $2 to go on a field trip and her flipping out because she did not like that she couldn't give me two bucks. Right. So she would flip out. And so I internalized that is as I can be invited to the interest meetings. I can be invited to the table. I can be invited to wherever, but actually having it, it's not for me. And I can either be depressed about it or revel in the idea that, man, wouldn't that have been nice and keep it moving. It took me so long after Will said that to me, I was aware of it when he said it, but the knowledge of it and the action past it, it's not necessarily the same thing. And so it was a chronic idea for me, Kim. I don't exactly remember the moment where I fully broke out of it. I really feel liberated from it now. I've had, I have awesome stories I could share about what the movement past that looks like, but for the longest time, I lulled myself into a lie, Kim, telling myself that it was okay not to have and not to be good enough and what I have is fine and struggle is all a part of it. And so I would look for struggle, Kim. I would look for suffering. I would look for the pain because I thought that was a part of the story and it doesn't have to be. And it was a chronic idea that helped me constrain for so long. So when you said that, it just kind of made me think. I wanted to take a quick break from today's episode and ask you if you need to take a break from your business. Maybe you're working too many hours. Maybe you're trying to work on too many things. Maybe you have too many clients who just really aren't aligned with your greater purpose. If this sounds like you, I want to offer you an opportunity to join the Positive Productivity Pod, my monthly mentorship and coaching community. For only a dollar, you can jump in, get started, and enjoy 10 days in the community where you will meet so many awesome entrepreneurs. And then twice a month, you'll be able to hop on a live call with all of us and get the feedback that you need in that very moment for your business. If you're interested in starting today for only a dollar, head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pod to get started. Yeah. So I got to share my parents divorced when I was three Mm -hmm. and my mom struggled. We moved numerous times, Mm -hmm. several times because we were evicted. Mm -hmm. And the first stable place that we got into was because we were living with my mom's parents, Mm -hmm. but there was always a struggle for enough. Yeah. Yeah. And until even probably four years ago, three years ago, Uh well, I guess I didn't really 
begin to understand it until 2015, 2016. However many years ago that was, uh-huh. I was comfortable with my zero as the coach who trained this to me, taught it to me with my zero being zero. As long as my bank account wasn't red, then I was fine. But I didn't need more is what I was telling myself. And I don't even know about deserve, but I didn't need more because I had done the minimum of what I needed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And when he said, when he started to teach me about raising my zero, Mm -hmm. that's where I began to get a hint, but I am stubborn as all heck. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't understand. I learn what I need to learn when I'm ready to learn. Sometimes I wish it didn't take so long, but I really had to hit real big low for me to understand that I am worth more than this. For me, that didn't happen until the end of 2019 when that lack of confidence in myself and diminishing my value and listening to what everybody else said about me Mm -hmm. took us into foreclosure in our house. We were talking about divorce because I was giving so much time to my business and in all the wrong ways yeah. that I wasn't giving any time to my amazing husband. Yeah. My health was as horrible as it could possibly be. Oh. And in that moment, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I was about to go on stage for my first big speaking event ever. I was in Atlanta. Wow. My husband didn't take me to the airport, which up until that point, he would always take me to the airport. Uh-huh. He didn't take me to the airport. Instead, he told me right before I got into the car that I think we need to talk about divorce. Because I hadn't even given him any time that week before I was about to leave for five days. Yeah. I had it coming. Yeah. I just need to put it out there. I was pissed at my husband because I spent the whole weekend. Besides when I spoke, I spent the whole weekend in my hotel room crying. Yeah, like I had been looking forward to that event forever. I was so mad, mm-hmm. but it took me a good week or two to understand. Wait a second. Mm. He was saying more than those words. Mm. I've been so okay with my view of successful. Mm. I thought that success meant having millions in the bank, Yeah, but yeah. I wasn't setting myself up for that because I, was being complacent yeah and when I finally realized that's not what success means do you know it became a lot easier to actually have money in the in the account when I wasn't focused on having money in the account Mm. and when I started taking care of myself and taking care of my family and saying no to people who didn't deserve my yeses Mm. that's tough I was giving more yeses to this one client than I was given than I had been giving for years to God. My faith is really important to me. Yeah. There's a problem there. Yeah. When I wake up and respond to text messages on Sunday morning and get to work for a client instead of spending time with God. And I'm going to say this for every single day of the week, Uh uh regardless of what your beliefs are to you, Rodney, or anybody out there, if you're getting up and you're going headfirst into work before you're giving yourself and your creator or your spiritual beliefs or meditation, even if you don't believe in anything higher, there's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbalanced right there. Mm -hmm. You made me think of, so I don't believe in coincidences, Kim. And as you and I continue to 
flourish and bloom in our little partnership here and being connected and all that kind of stuff, man. It, you're going to hear me say this a thousand times, which is I do not believe in coincidences. I believe that's God's way of kind of tapping me on my shoulder. Like, hey, pay attention to that. Did you see that? And you see how that also just kind of said the same thing. It's no coincidence. Do the taps get harder though? Because at the end of God, when I don't feel his taps for the first 30 times, uh-huh, uh-huh. he comes back with a two by four. Yeah, it's a whack. It's a, uh-huh. it's a tap and it's a and whack. it hurts. Yeah. And I, man, so, okay. I literally had two text conversations this morning before you and I jumped on that said both of these two things that you and I just passed back and forth right here. One of those things was that whole zeroing out and not being in the red versus kind of leveling up the zero. That is the difference between thriving and surviving, mm-hmm. right? You can survive. A buddy of mine said, Rodney, you remind me of a guy. This is back in my complacency years, you know, the, that huge phase. He was like, you remind me of a guy whose nose is above water. He was like, the interesting thing about it is you're always leveling up, but you're always at the level that keeps your nose right above the water, right? And I mean, that's a horrible existence, man. And so that hit home. And then the other thing with surviving and thriving is thriving means there's an abundance. There's some to share, right? Like my yeses now, they don't come out of my lack. They come out of my abundance. They come out of my wealth to share. And so I love that. And I love that, you know, you and your therapist were kind of talking about that. The other thing about the what taps turning into wax. I have a friend of mine who believes she needs to change several relationships in her life. She has friends and cousins and work and all of this sort of thing. And so a part of her approach is she's thinking that she just needs to shut off from everybody and, you know, not have any relationships and that sort of thing, not be connected to anybody. Not, and that, that's fine. It keeps you from bleeding out, right? It keeps you from overly committing to the yes when you don't really mean it. It helps in that regard. But there's a lesson about leveling up that's kind of embedded in each one of those cousins, coworkers, you know, et cetera. And if we skip those taps, if we skip those moments to have our self reflected back to us in ways that we may not see, if we didn't have the hubby, the spouse, the kids, the whatever, right? If we just kind of just went through our own motions and ignored it, we'll miss it. And so those relationships help us see ourselves in a different light. And so I was telling her, I was like, sure. I mean, it will stop the bleeding. You're right. If you just shut off, it will stop the hemorrhaging. However, God being such the cool and gracious guy that he is, will bring this up in other mediums. And it may or may not be relationships. Next time, it may be the condition of your house or your car or some other thing that's going to bring you face to face with whatever the imbued lessons were here embedded. And so, yeah, I don't want my taps, Kim, to turn to wax. Like, I don't want the two by four. I want to pay attention. So, yeah, thanks for reminding me for myself. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. I know I shared this with you. And I'm going to do something that some people might think is not nice. But sorry, not sorry. Rodney, you are the guest episode and because I just reformatted the show this whole past month has been about 
developing a positive and resilient mindset. And I think we just shared a lot about, you know, being resilient and building ourselves up. Next month, though, the whole theme is a feeling of success and talking about mission and vision and our values. Mm. I want to invite you back to start that month. Absolutely. This was not stage people. So I'm just thinking, I mean, we had great 20 minutes. We both have hard stops today, but can we come back and next week, listeners, come back to episode 692 and hear part two of this conversation? Because I think I can't imagine what better way to segue than to continue our conversation. What do you think? I'm over here cheesing, man. So I'm glad that we are audio only because I have the biggest little grin on my face. Kim, I don't know how, and I can't explain this in a way that I think will make sense. I'll do my best. Something about who you are, right, comes across in your website. And I know that's the intention. I know that's the goal for those things, right? Those vehicles are intended to convey the person to the people. I've looked at a bunch of websites and you, Kim, you don't come across as perfect. You don't come across as I got it all together. You come across, there's a certain resonance about you, if I may kind of be a little liberal in my description. And I knew it. And so when I reached out to you at the bottom of that thing, I said something along the lines of, I don't know, kindred spirit or something like that. And not to say that we're like Bopsy twins or, you know, something like that, but I knew kind of on some unspoken level that we would have a good vibe. Uh huh. I knew it. And I wrote that. And so to be here kind of like watching it play out, like looking at us chit chat and just like, I think we would do this at Starbucks, right? I think we would have, oh, this, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, or clubhouse. Or clubhouse. <laughs> Hopefully I get my act together for the next show so we can do clubhouse. Yeah. Well, okay. Listeners, we are not on camera today because my nose is running. Okay. You all don't need to see that. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can just say thank you in the comments for not having to watch me blow my nose 18 gazillion times through this whole episode. But I just want to share really fast before we wrap up for today's episode. When there was a point in 2017, I was at my first podcasting conference ever. And it was my first time I ever went up onto a stage. And I was asked to introduce myself and the Positive Productivity Podcast and what it was about. And I was beginning to understand that it wasn't about perfection. I still didn't really have a vision for this brand. It was just a name that I got a zinger. And mm -hmm, yeah. that was just the name that I heard. But the only thing that could come to mind when I introduced myself and the stories that I was sharing on the podcast was I asked the people in the audience who has ever gotten an eviction notice, had their utilities shut off. Mm -hmm been late on a car payment, had a car repoed, you know, and who's ever been through that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or had struggled with getting a mortgage because you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. There were 250 people in that room that day and only three people raised their hands. Mm -hmm. But after I got off stage and I explained, I've been through all of that. Mm -hmm. The journey of an entrepreneur, I don't think I was even on Instagram at that point. Mm -hmm. The journey of an entrepreneur is not the pretty pictures that we see on Instagram all the time yeah. it's a whole lot deeper than that and I feel like when we're putting out the pretty pictures that we're alienating 
people who need us the most. So I'm here to share the good, the bad, and the ugly because I want people to know, yeah, you might have gotten an eviction notice today, but you can turn that around. Right. If you don't cover your head up, I know because I've done it. We've had car only one. Please let that be the only one ever. We had a car repoed. We got it back. Nice. We went through miscarriage. I know you went through miscarriage with your wife. I wanted to mention that I was just being respectful, but yes, we did. Absolutely. And I want to share like when we were trying so hard and I'm not saying I'm not a doctor. I would fail my way through medical school, but when we stopped stressing about having babies is when we got pregnant. And I think that same can be said in our businesses. When we stop stressing about everything, then the answers will come. But our brains and our imaginations and our creative problem-solving side, it gets constipated, for lack of a better word, when we're stressed. I've never said that before. That was good. I'm going to have to put that in my book. (laughs) Are you constipating yourself because you're stressing too bad? I mean, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I realized in that moment that I needed to share more of me. And that was 2017. 2019 was hardest year in my business ever. And it was because a client had told me that my story had no place in my business. What? Yeah. That That will be for part two. You can't divorce the story from the person. Mm-hmm. And the business is the person Now, what we get in trouble with, Kim, and I know this is maybe getting us into our next episode, so I'm going to shut up after this. But what happens is we often think that a job or career is something that we do. And I mentioned this about leadership before. Those things should be expressions of who we are because you can't ever do anything that's outside of yourself. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. I could have really delved into that, but I do know that I'm probably going to be getting a phone call. Yeah, you're getting a phone call. So just drop us really fast. Yes. Where listeners can go connect with you. And then listeners, you need to come back for episode 692 and listen to part two and we'll pick up. And if it needs to go to part seven, then we'll just keep this conversation going. Thank you, Kim. So my name is Rodney C. Burris. Burris is spelled B-U-R-R-I-S anywhere online if you want to do dot com if you want to do info at rodney c burris you want to do gmail or instagram or facebook or twitter rodney c burris all together just like that i'm all over the place i would love to connect kim i am grateful to meet you i am grateful to be connected and i'm looking forward to building thank you so much you are so welcome perfect thank you kim you're welcome all right bye-bye bye I so hope that you enjoyed this first section of our conversation. I just want you to remember that your transparency, your story, your willingness to be yourself in all times is the most important thing. I joined Clubhouse about two weeks ago, and I will tell you that people can hear through BS. So if you are trying to position yourself on your website, on your social media, if you're on Clubhouse now and you're not giving your full story, then it's time to change that, my friend. There are thousands, maybe millions, billions of people out there who want to hear the real you. So just like Rodney and I were able to connect on a real level today, whoever you want to connect with is waiting for you when you're willing to be yourself. I want to invite you to head on over to the show notes page 
at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP691 and leave your comments on this episode and make sure to come back next week, episode 692, so you can listen to the next part of our conversation. With all this said, go forth and make it a positive and a productive day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.